What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Arnold Palmer Invitational. If you noticed on the Rick Rungood YouTube channel, there is already a very short, just kind of a first look video out on the Arnold Palmer. Just kind of key stats, the field, the course. That's what I want to start doing every Sunday to kind of get you ramped up and ready to go for the week. And there's a lot of new content out there. There is uh, Strategy Saturday, which is a, a series of videos that I'm going to do every single Saturday. Saturday more strategy based last Saturday's was strokes gained explained go over and check that out also there is updates to tools this week on rickrungood.com including uh, a new showdown cheat sheet there's a tutorial on that on the Rick Rungood YouTube channel so lots of uh, good news new stuff out there and, and looking forward to this week but before we do that have to talk a little bit about last week. There were uh, so many Morikawa tickets. You know, this this started on Monday, where depending on where you where you were looking, he was fifty five to one, which was much too long. Uh, so I know a lot of you took the opportunity to uh, uh, jump in on that. So congratulations to all the Morikawa winners out there, and just plenty of of DFS screenshots over the course of the week. And I also have winners for a subscription to RickRunGood.com. So these are two winners from last week. The first one is at PG24BKRiser. I don't know if I got that right, but I will reach out to you. And the other one is Jacob Olson. I'll get you a month subscription to rickrungood.com so you can use the same tools that everybody else is using. Everything that you're going to see in the, uh, basically every video that I do is, is all from rickrungood.com. Uh, and if you would like to enter a draw to win a month subscription to rickrungood.com, there are two ways to do it. If you are here on YouTube, make sure you are subscribed to the channel, hit the like button, and leave a comment below with who's going to win the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Very simple. And you can also go over to Apple iTunes, leave a five-star rating and review, say something nice about the show, and leave your Twitter handle so I can get in touch with you. Those are the two ways you can enter. You can do them both for uh, an extra opportunity. Get a crack at winning a, uh, a subscription to the tools. There's some good updates for this week. So uh, we'll look into those, and I guess let's not waste any more time. Let's get into this week's Arnold Palmer. Bay Hill is without a doubt uh, a staple on the PGA Tour. It is iconic, obviously, the connection to uh, Arnold Palmer. And just, I mean, the course itself is, is great. And uh, this is the second leg of the Florida Swing. So what you're noticing with the Players' Championship next week and then Honda the week after it's a really great set of events and you're going to see golfers who are taking this as their arrest week. So we're not seeing Dustin Johnson. We're not seeing John Rahm. We're not seeing Colin Morikawa, obviously all getting ramped up for the players championship, but it does still leave us with a pretty decent field. We'll talk about that more in a second, of course, because we are in, um, Cal uh, I almost said California, Florida. We get the Bermuda grass. This is a par 72. This is an event that was the most difficult course on the PGA Tour last year, played 2.1 strokes over par. couple of caveats. We only had one major last year, so the majors uh, usually would have been the more difficult ones. Uh, and then also, <clears throat> four under par won this. Terrell Hatton won this at four under par. That has been an outlier. We usually see kind of 11, 12 under. So it's not like this is an easy course, but I don't think it's going to be particularly as difficult as we saw last year. And the good thing that we have about... Uh, Arnold Palmer and Bay Hill is just a, a, an unbelievable 
course history, right? We play it every single year. Bayhill doesn't change all that much. So the regression model that determines what the key stats are is so, so good. And it is very clear about a couple of things. The players who have the most success at Bay Hill are great ball strikers. Particularly, they are great off the tee. In fact, there is only one other course in recent PGA Tour scheduling uh, that is that strokes gained off the tee is more important. That was the CIMB Classic. That was TPN, TPC uh, Kuala Lumpur, which that's not even on the schedule anymore. So, so by all accounts, Bay Hill is the place where strokes gained off the tee is most important. Uh, there are only four other courses in which strokes gained approach is more important, and those are the two by far most important categories for this week. Ball striking, ball striking, ball striking. So we have a couple of ways that we can look into who these golfers are. We can either do it by, uh, you know, last X number of rounds, or the re-addition back into this tool is every single stat category that you could want. Uh, every official stat category on the PGA Tour, you can look at and see for players in this field. So we can do this a couple of ways. Let's do um, strokes gained off the tee for the last 40 rounds. And we'll see who leads the way here and what kind of sample size that we have here. So no surprise, Bryson DeChambeau, 1.1. He's the only guy over one. He's $11,000. Cameron Champ is 6,600. He's next. Rory McIlroy, Luke List, and Corey Connors are the top strokes gained off the tee players over the course of their last 40 rounds. All of them have over 30 measured rounds in that stretch. And then strokes gained approach. Uh, Will Zalatoris, who has a much smaller sample size, he has 18 measured rounds, the only golfer over one per round. Matthew Neesmith uh, is second here, $6,900. Harold Varner III, Kyle Stanley, and Mark Leishman. We're going to talk about that Mark Leishman guy in just a little bit. I will also note, um, Matthias Schmidt. It's a Monday morning, and we're already getting a Matthias Schmidt reference. I know nothing about this kid. What I do know is um, he got in via he he got in somehow into this event, but Mark Immelman brought him up on our Sunday recap pod on the first cut pod, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, this kid can play." I think he was like on the international presidents junior presidents cup team or something. I forget, but um, high praise. We have two. We have two measured rounds for him. Only two. So keep that in mind. He is sixth in strokes gained approach in those two measured rounds. He was absolutely brutal off the tee. I don't know anything else about him, but I think it's funny that that name popped up and uh, I just talked about him last night, which is always fun. Uh, or you can go down to uh, the bottom of this of this tool and you know we can just do, okay, strokes gained off the tee. Let's look at that. Let's do um, off the tee here, and we can see the ranks and the values for every single player. Um, you know, it's 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 a a this is a by season list. So the the one above that was previous uh, X number of rounds. This is by season, so they should be close, but a, a little bit different in some cases. But you can also go through longest drives, club head speed, driving efficiency, and, and then any other stat that you might be interested in. The cheat sheet reveals six golfers over $10,000 with Rory McIlroy leading the way at 11500 I, I I really am kind of confused on what to do with Rory McIlroy. Uh, you know, he j- never in contention last week finishes six, which shows you what the floor is. Um, but we've got to go a little bit deeper. We've got to go over to the Holy Grail. We've got to look at Rory and what he has done recently because it is just the same story over and over which is this right here, his approach game. It's 
pedestrian. It's subpar. He gained 1.73 strokes on approach over the entirety of the four rounds last week. Uh, And we have not seen him gain more than two all that often in the restart. When you go back to before the restart, look what he was doing. API last year, he gained six strokes on approach. The week before, or his start before that, four on approach, 2.7, 5.1, 3.9. He has rarely done that after the restart. So this is literally the same story that we're getting from Rory. The good news is, even when he doesn't hit it all that well, he can finish inside the top 10 of a, of a world golf championship, which is always encouraging, but I, I'm, I'm really on the fence here. So I'm probably going to let a bit of ownership dictate how much exposure I have to Roy McElroy. I'll try to get a vibe over the course of the week. Obviously a, a winner here. He has dominated at Bay Hill. Um, but it's all about that iron game. It's all about that approach game. He's got to figure it out if he wants to start winning prolifically again. If strokes gained off the tee is important, Bryson is uh, here. He's $11,000. He is the best off the tee player that we have in the world. Now, he does it uh, mostly through distance, right? Not necessarily the most accurate driver of the golf ball, which makes me a little bit nervous because of the water lurking around Bay Hill at times. But uh, Bryson has had a a decent run at Bay Hill in the last three years. He's got a fourth. He's got a second. um, Hasn't missed a cut in that stretch. So I'm fine with Bryson. I'll probably try to just be equal weight on the rest of the field. I probably don't want to take a stand on Bryson. We're getting some real good respect from Victor Hovland here at $10,600. I think it's well-deserved. What he's doing right now is phenomenal. Um, I tweeted this out. If you want to go look at uh, either the Holy Grail or at the, the live leaderboard from last week, what he did in rounds three and four, where he gained 12 strokes, say that again, 12 strokes from T to green over his final two rounds is unbelievable. Nearly six full shots better than the next best, best guy, Scotty Scheffler. Um, it's jarring. It's jarring. His, his game is so complete. Obviously he took the, the quad on Friday afternoon on his final hole of the day. Outside of that, you know, if we, we can play the what if game, if he makes par on that hole, he wins the golf tournament. I mean, he was really, there, there are, are a lot of weeks where, um, you know, I say like, oh, you know, this guy actually played the best of the week, but he didn't win. I think it's still fair to say Colin Morikawa was the best player in the field last week just because of leading the field in strokes gained approach. He was a great putter. He was an excellent ball striker. Uh, but Hovland is the only guy that you could argue competed with Morikawa last week in terms of like who's actually playing the best, not just luck boxing their way to the top of the leaderboard. Reed at 10-2 is fine. I'm... Um, lukewarm on it, but I I think we should probably reconsider the Terrell Hatton stuff. Um, you know, I, I rolled him out in every single one and done last week. He, he finished T 22, which wasn't all that inspiring, but what he did do is he shot his best round on Sunday, which is always something. And look at Terrell Hatton's stat profile. It's, it's kind of unbelievable. He ranks inside the top 25 on the PGA tour this season in strokes gained off the tee strokes gained approach and strokes gained putting. That is a deadly combination. Now he goes back to Bay Hill where his game obviously fits. He's won four times in his last 20, 23 or 24 worldwide starts. I think that, and listen, we've made a habit of being a week early on some guys uh, in the last month or so. And, and I haven't often gone right back to that golfer. Um, I think this might be a hat and spot to go right back to him. 
Feels feels really good. I don't think a lot of people are going to be all that excited to go back to him after he finished T22 last week. Um, I'm 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 pretty interested in that. The 9K range, um, small but powerful. Let's talk about a couple of these guys in depth. Sungjae Im, he's ninety seven hundred dollars. I want I also tweeted this out, but let me show you what I like to do here. So because I can go to the Holy Grail and I can kind of slice this up any way that I want. I'm just going to do the Florida swing events or yeah, the floor that, that was, I put a weird inflection on that, the Florida swing events. So I want Arnold Palmer <clears throat> and I'm going to hold control and I'm going to do also, um, I need the Honda and I need Valspar, which is like historically one of the Florida swing events, but it's kind of in a weird spot this year. I'll do last week's work day and then I'm going to do the players as well. And that should give me. All of them, I believe. So I have the players, the Honda, the Workday, Valspar, Arnold Palmer. Okay, so all of those events, the Florida Swing events over the course of the last six years, just for golfers in this field. Okay, here we go. Sungjae, actually, I'm missing. I think I'm missing one. What am I missing here? No, I think I, I think I got them all, and I zoomed in. Maybe this is a little bit better. Um, okay, so I've got Sung J M with the best strokes gained total per round of anybody in this field during the Florida Swing. He's played twenty seven rounds. If we click on him, we can go down and we can see his rounds by round information, and I see a guy who has gained strokes in twenty two. Of those 27 rounds in Florida, has the best average. Um, that's pretty interesting to me. So Sungjae, uh, certainly a viable option for this week. And then the other guy, okay, so the other one that I really wanted to talk about was Spieth, who I think this is going to be a, like, I, I, I'm a believer that Spieth is kind of back and playing well and all that good stuff. And like, this is real, but this is a pretty bad spot for him. You know, we've been talking about, how critical it is to be accurate off the tee. And Jordan Spieth, um, well, here's his strokes gained off the tee this season. Uh, 191st. He's 226th in driving accuracy. Now, I guess we could say, has it been better recently? Um, which I have not looked this up, so let's just do it together. So let's just do in his, let's do last, so I mean, it's 12 too little because that's like the, the resurgence that he's had here. So let's say Spieth in his last 12 rounds is, yeah, I mean, he's still, he's still losing. I mean, even if we do, let's do 20 or so. I'm just trying to find any sound. Yeah, I mean, he's losing a half a stroke off the tee. So uh, that is still that is still very much of a, of a concern. So I, I'm a believer in Spieth. I just think this is going to be a really difficult spot for him to um, – maybe play well if that driver lets him down. The 8K range has uh, actually a lot of pretty appealing options here. So 8,700 Molinari. I'm interested to see how this this 87 to 84 range plays out because you have Molinari, Zalatoris, Homa, Burns. Uh, Homa played fine last week, but he's coming off the win. He's very popular in general. Zalatoris is just, uh, you know, I, everyone thinks the world of him, myself included. I think he's going to be kind of popular. But then you have Burns here who, uh, you know, his third place finish at Riviera, it looks better on paper, I guess, right? Like if you just give him a third place finish, that's great. But we know that he kind of 
didn't give it away, but he like had a multiple shot lead on Sunday um, and doesn't end up winning. And then you get Molinari, who is fi- the resurgence. So like, I have no idea how this ownership's going to play out. I-, I think if you want to join me 3 p.m. Eastern uh, on the Rick Rungood YouTube channel for the live chat, that would probably be a pretty good thing to do so we can figure out what this ownership looks like. But, you know, Molinari is is very much in a, in a resurgence, right? He's got three top tens already this season, three out of his last four starts. He's a winner at this event. He won the last time he played, which is 2019. He's got other top 10 finishes, uh, fits his game really well. And if you look at his, his golfer profile, I, I was doing this earlier, I was pretty impressed with what his season-long stats are. I mean, he is... Great around the greens. He's great from tee to green. He's 36th in approach. Um, he's not as good as I would like off the tee. He's 108th, but he is gaining. He's a very small positive in that category, which is uh, obviously going to be critical this week. So I-, I think that's an interesting spot. And then, um, so so I would probably rank them like this. And this this includes... I'm going to say this includes ownership. This includes like everything that I think right now, the order that I would put these guys in are... Zalatoris Molinari Burns Homa. That's probably the the ranking that I give these four. Um, but then you even get this. Okay, so Leishman is becoming incredibly interesting again. You know, he's $8,200. If you want to go back to the key stats and look at what he's done recently, let's see if I can find a good set of data for him. Let's go back to the last 40 rounds. That might be too many. Oh, no, it's not. Here's Leishman. Last 31 measured. Uh, he's a top five ball striker. Only Zalatoris, Neesmith, Varner, and Stanley are better. And I, I should not say ball striker. I should say strokes gained approach. He is not as good off the tee, but he's doing it really well with the irons, which I think is interesting. Another guy who um, what has, has won this event in the past has a bunch of top 10. So that, that's interesting at 8,200 as well, as I imagine many will find that to be interesting. The $7,000 range. This is where I think we separate ourselves. You know, there there are um, some fairly obvious plays, 8K and above. I think there's going to be the, there's going to be the Molinari love. There's going to be the Leishman love. You know, all that good stuff, right? Uh, this is where I think we start to separate ourselves a little bit. And Cameron Davis, who we have not seen since Genesis because he did not go to Puerto Rico, didn't play that event, um, and didn't qualify for the WGC. He's back. As you guys know, I'm a huge believer in the raw talent that Cam Davis has. Uh, These two stats right here, off the tee and approach, he's gaining over uh, a third of a shot in both of those categories. That goes a long way this week. I also think the other guy at 7,900, Taylor Gooch, is incredibly interesting. He is uh, a better ball striker. Uh, Recently, we have seen him play well at Riviera. I, I like Gooch kind of longer term, and he's got two finishes here at uh, at Bay Hill, a 13th and a 26th. Now, what in the world do we do with Justin Rose? Because on paper, you could argue he's kind of the most mis- mispriced guy, right? Based on the pedigree, he's $7,800. He's coming off of a kind of a, a bad WGC. I want to know what the industry is going to do on him because a lot of the industry is not going to remember that he finished second in Saudi Arabia like three weeks ago, two starts ago, right, to Dustin Johnson. Um, He has played well at Bay Hill before. This is the one that I'm really interested to see how sharp uh, the rest of the industry is on a Justin Rose at 7,800 bucks. You know, and I do really like that Florida swing um, 
filter that I had in there. So like, let's go back to this. So I still have it here by round and look for guys in the seven K range. Well, uh, Henrik Stenson has played 49 rounds in the Florida swing. He's third on this list in terms of strokes gained total. He's averaging 1.6 strokes gained per round. He finished uh, fourth at the Arnold Palmer invitational in 2018. He finished 17th in 2019. You can see some of his better rounds here. Lots of gaining. Lots of gaining. He's had a, he has actually his two worst rounds in the Florida swing have come at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, but uh, so have his best, I believe. Yeah, they have. So, uh, like, look at this: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. seven of his eight best rounds the Florida in the Florida swing have come at this event, come at Bay Hill. Um, hasn't played as well recently. I'd be really concerned about a lot of his game, but he's there. Christian Bezadenhut, one of the smallest sample sizes, only nine rounds. Um, is on this list. Now he technically, I don't want to say he gets credit for a second place finish at the players last year, but I am including that one round. So that one round at the players, uh, that's in here. And, and Bezaden who was great. He, he was in second at the time that that event was stopped. He finished 18th at the Arnold Palmer last year. He had a couple of good rounds, um, played okay at the work day just about field average, a hair better. So he's someone that is probably going to fly certainly under the radar at 7,500. So those are the two that, that kind of stand out um, in the 7K range when you look at the Florida swing numbers. The 6K range, um, I probably just like the top of it a little bit. So uh, Brendan Steele, 6,900 bucks, perpetually underpriced. Um, back at it again. Ball striking. Eric Van Ruin, 6,900. Decent ball striker, played well at times last week, finished 37th. Um, nee Smith, who is the approach player, right? That's that's the guy who popped up in all of the all of the approach numbers for the last X amount of rounds. Nee Smith was the one that popped up there. Other than that, uh, going a bit further down the list, are you a believer in Cam Champ? You know, if you want someone who can gain strokes off the tee, Champ would be your guy. I'm not as warm on that maybe as others. Um, oh, you know what I meant to do? What I'll add to this cheat sheet and my apologies for not putting this in already is I'll put in the Puerto Rico open numbers from last week because there are some guys in here that are that that played that played in Puerto Rico last week. Um, you know, to see Doc Radman at 6400 is like let's let's do a deep dive. We've not done a deep dive on Doc in some time. It has not been the start uh, to a season that he certainly wanted and that his supporters uh, certainly wanted. But I want to see if the ball striking is still there. And the answer is kind of. <laughs> uh, so so here's here's kind of what I'm, I'm going against. Um, Doc at the end of last season and into the start of this season was awesome off the tee and awesome on approach. Uh, we have not seen that here in 2021. In fact, we have, we've, we've not had a single event that he has gained over a stroke off the tee. That would be a concern. Um, he is lost on approach in four of his last six. That would be a concern. The other concern would be five consecutive events he's lost with the putter. Uh, now, I will say, Riviera was his best putting out of that putting week out of that stretch he, he only lost three quarters of a stroke in two rounds but um this is this this is a bit concerning uh, i i don't know if he's going to be able to flip a switch i hope that he is the putter if he if he can putt like he did at riviera lose lose three quarters of a stroke 
and hit the ball like he did at waste management, he could probably be fine here. I don't know if that's going to happen. If you're willing to take a flyer on Doc, he's $6,400. It's pretty cheap. All right, let's build a custom model and uh, get you out of here. So here's the custom model for rickrungood.com. I know that there are two stats that are incredibly important, and they are uh, off the tee and they are approach. So I'm not even going to mess around. I'm going to put 35 on each of them. I also know that it's a par 72, so I want to get uh, 10 on the par 5s. I want to get... What do I want to do here? 10 on birdie or better, which leaves me 10. And I'm going to put that on. I rarely do this. Just let's do sand saves. It's a flawed stat. A lot of them are. But let's let's do it. Let's see what happens. Run this. Oh, boy. Hideki Matsuyama, my number one player. That's a hair scary. Rory McIlroy is number two. Victor Hovland, three. Doc Redman, four. Obviously, this is a longer period of time. Uh, so... Guys like Doc and maybe Hideki who are longer-term better ball strikers are going to pop up. Paul Casey's kind of interesting. 9100 bucks. He's played well in Europe. I'd have to pull up his full stats, but like I feel like Casey's played okay recently. He's 9100 Corey Connors is next. He's 73 Varner, Hatton, Zalatoris, Sungjae. I mean, these are just like team no-puck guys, right? Like I, These are all the guys I play all the time anyway, so no surprise here. Uh, finally, a week where this kind of fits, fits the mold for me. So I want to do a little bit more research into Casey. I want to see if I can stomach Doc Redman, and I'm going to have to break some ties between probably like a Victor Hovland, a Rory McIlroy, a Terrell Hatton. Um, that's, that's kind of what early indications for my lineups are looking like, and it's what they're, they're kind of feeling like at the moment. Two live chats this week, 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Rick Rungood YouTube channel. That is the live chat. That's the ownership, the the weather, the final question and answer, all that good stuff. And then 8.15 p.m. Eastern time, uh, same spot, same uh, same place, is the Jock Market Power Hour, which is Stock Market DFS. And there was a ton of money to be made last week. There's a ton of money, money to be made in general. To put this into perspective, Colin Morikawa last Wednesday closed at $6 a share. He paid out the full $25 a share on Sunday evening. So backers of Colin Morikawa made a ton of money. Brooks Kepka, same thing. A lot of value to be had. Um, let me know what you think. Tweet me, at Rick Rungood. Leave a comment below. Plenty of content coming this week. So I'll talk to you guys very soon. Good luck.